0: Welcome to Mind, Mind Body, Body Stuff. Stuff. I'm Kaylee. I'm Bernice. How are you guys? Getting ready for the holidays. If you're listening it's in the uh, holiday, Happy holidays. <laughs> so loop dee-doop. <laughs> <laughs> <And dig-a-dee-duk. laughs> um well, we're we're here together for one more podcast before this baby comes. Yeah, the baby's
1: coming if
0: if not sooner. In three days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're gonna have one last good conversation before I lose my mind. Yes, before she's in and baby sleeping. Really. Oh, it's infant dumb, really. It's infant dumb. I'm scared, you guys. You can do it. You've already done it twice. I know, but that first, like, those first two weeks are brutal, man. They are hard. I feel like you're in a time
1: warp. You're in such a time warp. Like, I don't even remember the days really passing into night. You know, it's just kind of yeah. like, oh,
0: okay, then I'm breastfeeding again, and then I'm. And I feel like all the tricks that I had for Huck's didn't work for Piper.
1: No, I tried the same thing with Everett, my second one, and I'm like, I'm bouncing him, I'm bouncing him, I'm bouncing him. And then finally, I'm like, I think my husband's like, you're kind of bouncing him hard now. <laughs> oh
0: <my laughs> because gosh. it had worked so well with Joe. Yeah. But I know, I'm um, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to learn how to do this all over again.
1: Because they're all, but how wonderful is that? This is a reframe, folks. I love, I love your reframes. How wonderful that we get to then learn a whole other human being's of way that they, how they want to be interacted with. Right. Because we just assume this is the way. Right. But of course, we're all a little bit different. Like, mm-hmm. I like it this way, you like it that way. And mm-hmm. our babies, if we're lucky enough to have them or whatever, um, teach us really clearly what they like and what they don't like. They do.
0: You have to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. Very adaptable. Or you adaptable. lose your mind. Or
1: you lose your mind with a big Which and also I'm happens
0: D. sometimes anyway. <laughs> You'll
1: lose your mind. I know many friends with no children who've lost their minds. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we all just lose our minds a little bit. Right around 35,
0: 40. So like... <laughs> here ah. we go. Um, so today we, we have been um, talking about this concept. I'm going to give you guys the story behind it because it just really hit me when I heard it. And so it's been um, kind of a, a, a topic that's come up over and over and over. So for those of you who have listened to past podcasts, um, you'll know that I um taught Ula One at um 1440 Multiversity. Uh it was a weekend long retreat hosted by Cheryl Strait and Elizabeth Gilbert. And um so I I got the privilege of attending one of Elizabeth Gilbert's sessions. And what she was saying is she she started her talk and she's you know up on the stage and there's uh 600 people at her retreat. I don't know how many people were actually at this um, at this session she was doing, but there was a lot of us, and so basically she was saying how um, usually she only does really, really large speaking events, like to thousands and thousands of people, and that she and Cheryl—yeah, me too—just to a few thousand. That's what I know, used right? To, yeah, yeah. Well, and she and Cheryl every year <laughs> they do this this retreat, and it's their smallest one. And one of the things that they love is um, is that they can just kind of be a part of the of the experience. But I, I guess what was happening was um, every time they would leave a session or they try to walk to their um, to their lodging, they were getting swarmed with people who wanted to talk to them or get a picture with them or give them their book or a manuscript to read. And so Elizabeth was really honest, and she said, "You know." I, I've, I've been debating and I've been talking to Cheryl like should we should I say this but I'm, I'm gonna say it and um, Elizabeth Gilbert and Cheryl are both um, sober they 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 don't drink. And Elizabeth was talking about how when she first joined AA, she was already a pretty well-known figure. And she was she was nervous to attend AA meetings because, you know, people knew who she was. And she said her um, AA um, leader was, was saying, well, Liz, our philosophy here is we're all just workers among workers. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your, you know, status is. It doesn't matter uh, any, anything about your background or how well known you are, we're all just workers among workers. And so what she did is she asked everyone in attendance at this retreat, um, to treat her and Cheryl as workers among workers. So not to put them on a pedestal, not to idolize them, not to, you know, not to run up to them and ask them to, you know, read their book. And she said, why don't you guys give somebody else, that you've connected with this weekend your book to read. What oh. you know, trying to <clears throat> trying to basically just say, hey, we, we want to be in this in this experience with you all in a way that is not, you know, us us having everything figured out or you idolizing us. It's just we're all workers among workers. And so it just really that just stuck out to me because I feel like a lot of the work that we do with Ula, it's really important to me and to you, Bernice, that mm-hmm. that people understand that like We are also just trying to figure it out.
1: Yes. I loved when Kaylee came back and told this story, Mm -hmm. Workers
0: Among Workers. And
1: we've we've used it a number of times in our last few workshops and retreats. And it's been so helpful that... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, there's lots of little kids in the window looking at us. All of a sudden, oh, hello, little cute little kids. How cute! It's it's Kaylee's work
0: life work-life balance. Kaylee's daughter <laughs> was waving
1: at us in the window. I'm like, oh, oh whoa, oh, cute. There yeah. we are. That's it. Workers among workers, right so, there. are you
0: Just trying to figure out how to do this whole thing. Aww, oh, that was cute. That was though. super
1: cute. Aww.
0: Um, but
1: yeah, so it's been a big topic when t- Kaylee brought it back to me to really reflect on. That's we don't. Nobody wants to be put on a pedestal, right? Because once you're on the pedestal, there's inevitably, and we learn this in um, counseling, in mental health sure. counseling. Sure. There's a long way to fall, and you will fall, and you will fall because you're, fall. you're human. We're all human, so we make mistakes. We're completely fallible. You know, all of us humans, as we're striving in our lives. And I think it's almost more empowering when we're workers together. I totally agree We're a community. With that. Mm-hmm. We're not, I'm not saying like, yes, I know. I've reached the mountaintop and now I look down upon you all. And, and I'm going to
0: teach you how to get there. Yes,
1: right. This is the path to the top. It's right. like, I I also doesn't, that doesn't feel empowering to me.
0: No, it's completely disempowering.
1: Yeah, it feels, I yes, I agree.
0: Well, and I haven't gotten to this point in the book yet, but my friend, um, Paisley was saying how there's a part in um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, which is, I'm, I'm listening to it right now on Audible. But I guess there's a part where Brene Brown said something in one of her talks and somebody came up to her afterwards completely disappointed and was like, you totally have contradicted something that I just, I really love about you and what you say. And then, and then today you just completely contradicted what you, what, you know, what, what I believe about you. And, you know, and this person was all like, you know, confused and frustrated. And Brene was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, I don't want you to, to look up to me. I don't, I don't want to be your role model. You know, because inevitably yes you you will fall, you will oh. fall, and it's you know, I feel like um looking up to people and respecting people and learning from each other there's there's beauty in that, but I think I've always had like kind of a, a weird issue when when humans idolize other humans,
1: yes, you right, it, and it even happens like sometimes weird. when you're in a new relationship, or have you ever seen those relationships or partnerships um where One partner is just like, and it might be brand new and they're just like, oh my gosh, Donald is just amazing, you know. They they can't stop, and I'm like, uh oh, Uh
0: -oh. I feel like something bad. I'm Uh like, oh,
1: hold on. And it's fine in the beginning because you're so enamored. You're so enamored at the beginning. Sometimes after a while, I'm like, oh,
0: please, please be careful. Just yeah, go in understanding that this is just a human being. It's a human
1: being. He's a human being, or she's a human being. Totally. I know you love him or her very
0: much. Yeah, and it's, it's so exciting at the beginning. Yes. But ultimately, everybody's just a human being doing the work and, and like with the workshops that we do and just, just it's, and I can't speak for you Bernice because you are, you know, uh, 20 years older than me and and you are a therapist and you've gone through a lot of really incredible life experiences. But for me, I know that I'm doing this work because I need to do this work. Oh yeah. You know? And I think that's a really important thing to keep coming back to. It's like, I'm doing this work. I'm interested by this work because this is the work that I need to be doing. Not because I have it mastered, not because I know. It's just because this is the work that I need to be doing.
1: Yes, and I think that's what makes great leaders.
0: Mm -hmm. Great
1: leaders aren't just... They're always willing to be able to be like, you know, to come down into the group. And be like, I'm part of the group. Right. I can lead and set the example, Mm -hmm. but here's
0: my story. Or I could spark conversations or I could encourage... I could encourage um, people to think about things in, in maybe a way that they're not used to thinking about. Right.
1: And you're not. And the leaders are saying, I have this mastered. I, don't,
0: I have the answer." They're, just they're saying. saying
1: maybe I've been dealing with this myself. Exactly. And I'm curious about what you folks are doing with mm-hmm.
0: it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I love that kind of stuff.
0: I love it too. And I, I gosh, I... I learned so much when we do this work together as a group, and I think that's why it's so valuable to do group work. Oh, I
1: love group work! Oh my gosh, I love
0: it so much.
1: Yeah, we learned it in graduate school. We did the, you know, you do one-on-one, and then you train in group work. Mm -hmm. And group work is a little, it is a little frightening sometimes because you'll have like twenty people and yourself, you know, and you're like, "Uh oh, and if you are trying to lead, lead sometimes. Uh You understand you can't lead like you're like, Oh no, I'm not, you know, somehow the group has taken over from me. But if you're willing to kind of go with the group a little bit, then it's so, so much more effective. Mm -hmm. So you quietly lead in the back and let the group kind of go and then you redirect them. Mm -hmm. Um, but it but it was so interesting in graduate school to do that work versus the one on one work. And for me, the group sure. work was just like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Even as a leader, I just as we still are when we do our work, our group work. Yeah. In Ula, yeah. We both of you, uh, you and I, are still blown away. Oh yeah. By the stuff we learn,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not just about others, but, but about, about ourselves. ourselves.
0: For sure, yeah,
1: because it's it's just like what? and just about the about being human and the human condition, the, just being a human. Yeah, just being a human. Because again, it's the so thing cool. we make mistake in our lives is we isolate ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And We think like only this is happening to me, and even if you know logically it's not just you, but but emotionally you're still kind of kind of hung up on it's just happening to me. Mm -hmm. but when you come out of that box, you realize like, Oh no, what happened to her and him and her and him and him.
0: Mm -hmm. And then you realize, Oh, there's a bunch of us. Mm -hmm. I can lean on all these people. Yeah. And I think when also like when you, um, like quote unquote, like mess up or fail or screw something up, Mm. you know, there's such a, I don't know. There's like, at least for me, like such a shame attached to that.
1: Mm -hmm. But,
0: um, I think when you can then openly talk in groups, then you realize it's all just a learning experience. We're all just learning and we're all feeling like we're failing in this, in these different ways. And we, you know, may have shame attached to it or like, you know, guilt or, or whatever, or feel like we're the, we're the only one who doesn't have all this figured out. But you get into a group and you're like, we're all just trying, we're all just trying to figure this out.
1: Yeah, and shame has that way of of doing that. It has that way of kind of putting all your problems in the dark room and mm-hmm. slamming the door. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're like, oh, I've got this shame in the background in my back dark room. Right. But then when you go in there and you open the door, and then everyone's with you, you mm-hmm. know, and you're like,
0: ah, here it is. Here's my shame lamp well, or whatever. And then everyone's like, I got that too. Exactly. And one of the things that I have um gotten to in um Dare to Lead by Brene Brown is. She was saying how one of her big first like speaking events, she was te- or she was speaking at this like it was it was a for professionals and mainly male, and I can't remember exactly who it was for. But um, one of the other speakers, there were several guest speakers, and one of the other speakers was like, "Oh, um, what do you what are you speaking about? What's your topic?" And she said, "Shame." And the woman looked at her and was like, "Shame? Like like the like the emotion shame?" And Brene was like, "Yeah," and she goes, "Huh? Better you than me." <laughs> Because she wasn't willing to, like, you know, it it seemed foreign, so foreign to that other woman that, like, Renee would get on the stage and talk about, like, shame. And shame is a a human condition that we all share, which is, is interesting. And then another thing that she said that I thought was just really, you know, great of her, she was talking about how her team uh, about how her, her, her team at work, they had to sit down with her and and be like, "Brene, you have, you've basically set unrealistic timelines for us and we can't, we can't get everything done. And then you get frustrated that things aren't getting done. And so she finally, like she, you know, doing her self-reflection and processing, she realized that, you know, it was her shame that that she felt like she actually wasn't, she's like, how can I be a leader talking about, you know, you know, all of this like leadership, and then I suck at it. Mm-hmm. And so she realized that there was this like shame that she had attached to it. And I just realized, you know, how, how just awesome it is that these people that we respect so much and we look up to and that are writing books on this they're not free from it themselves everybody is still doing the work she hasn't figured out how to get shame away from her life she's just able to talk about it and let us understand it and bring some light into it in our life so it's not this this like forbidden thing not forbidden fruit or
1: something and i think Again, that's what makes great leaders. Great leaders, can you feel connected to them. Mm-hmm. And connection is through the showing of your weakness, of your similarity. Right. It's not. It's, it's like you should be proud of your journey in your life and the right. mistakes you've made so that others can learn from them too. Mm-hmm. And people want to feel connected to a leader. It's even like George Bush just passed away.
0: And Did you read that letter that he wrote to Bill Clinton? Oh, my
1: gosh. What a beautiful letter. And he, oh. I saw the interview. I posted an interview with him and his wife because he used to write her love letters when yeah. they were first dating. And he's reading one of them to her. And they're like, you know, in their late 80s at the time, sure. probably. And then he just starts crying as he's reading it. And he's like, oh. and I said, Bart, I just love you so much. And oh. he just started crying. And she reached over and she says, I love you too, George. Oh. But just to see, they were he was... Again it's like here's someone that's so willing to share the softer the side
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you can still be a great leader and right. have that in fact even a greater leader with that soft side because mm-hmm. people are like oh, I'll follow you. Right. You know, I got that too. Yeah, I you're feel real. I feel that too. It's empowering
0: too. to the people because you don't have to be this like um, nobody's a superhero. No. You know? and, and you might you can think see they are the, for a while,
1: but then again, they're on the pedestal and they're going to make some mistake.
0: Right. And but you, when you can see the humanness in somebody else and you can relate to it, the connection then that empowers the people who are, you know, who are looking up to this person like you can you can do this too it's not for superheroes or untouchables or you know anything like that right
1: and of course there's a balance in leadership I think of like I can carry you right at this time I will carry you right but I'll let you know why I can Yes. Because I've already walked through this particular fire. And I'll let you
0: know when I can't. And I'll let you know when I can't.
1: Like right now, maybe I can't.
0: But by then, hopefully I've already empowered all of you so that you can carry me. Exactly. Um, So at some point, I think we are going to do a podcast on um, spirituality Mm -hmm. and our our own kind of belief systems. I think that'd be interesting. Um, But one thing that I I truly believe, and I think... um, I think some I think a lot of religions actually have a similar philosophy. Um I believe that the human experience is basically like a classroom for the soul. And so we come to this place and 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 I don't know, I feel like some religions make it so harsh like you, you know, then once you die then you like have this judgment day, you know, and it's like blah blah blah. blah. But for me, I feel it's so much more about just coming to this to this human experience and having it just be this just imagining it as it as this this big classroom and we're here to learn. And so I feel like if we think about all of our all of our biggest challenges or heartbreak or failures or where we've effed up this relationship or that job or whatever it is, when we can look at it as just this this lesson, and I feel like lessons also continue to present themselves in our lives until we've learned them. Mm-hmm. And so we may have the same lesson showing up over and over and over because it's what we need to learn. Now, like I said, I think some religions are very harsh and say, "Well, you're going to go to hell or you're going to go to heaven depending on how you acted." But for me, I think it's um, much more just like, "Okay, you've still you've still got stuff to learn in this area. You've still got stuff to learn." Um, and so when you can look at the challenges or your, your own shortcomings and think about, okay, what am I, what is the lesson here? Then it totally helps me change my perspective Mm -hmm. instead of like, oh, poor me, or I'm such an F up. Like, you know, I can't believe I failed at that. Or I did that so wrong to just keep coming back to like, okay, what, what am I supposed to be learning here? Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, I saw something on social media this weekend and it like, you know, I was like totally relaxed and happy and I was scrolling through and I saw something and it like made my heart start pounding faster and I got all kind of like worked up inside and I um sorry I keep going back to Brene Brown's book dare to lead dare to lead by Brene (laughs) Brene Brown are you getting this you guys should listen read it um but one of the things that she said that I I I wrote down because it's just something that I believe but I always need to remind myself is she says Rather than ask the quickest way to make these feelings go away, these like feelings that you don't want to feel, ask what are these feelings and where did they come from? So for me, like going back to kind of my philosophy on life and what's the meaning and what's the purpose, when I'm triggered in this negative way by something, which I was just kind of scrolling through social media, rather than be like, oh my God, how do I make this feeling go away? fast like I don't want to feel the way that I'm feeling right now then it was this opportunity to pause and say okay what is this feeling like what what is this feeling and why am I feeling it? So then it becomes this lesson for self-reflection and and growth and a dialogue and a dialogue with yourself with versus myself
1: shutting but versus just shutting the community because it's, it's it's almost like, like you're trying to tell yourself something right it's like the body and the mind again the mind body connection mm-hmm. is trying the body's like my heart's racing My heart's racing my stomach just got in and knot and then but our mind comes in it's like don't. We're not going there right now versus opening up the dialogue and saying, what what is this about? Yeah. What do you want to tell me? Yeah. Why is this upsetting? And how is it upsetting? Exactly. In what way?
0: And then it becomes a lesson and it becomes another opportunity to do the work. I feel like we cannot stop doing the work. When we stop doing the work... At least personally, when I stopped doing the work. So if I weren't doing the work in that situation, I w- it would just piss me off. It would make me mad. I'd want to like, I'd want to gossip about it, you know. And and so then for me, I'm like, no, this is just another opportunity for you to grow as a spiritual as a spiritual being to stop and say, think about how you're reacting to this, and think about why. You're feeling the way you're feeling, and then when you start to dig a little bit under the surface, you're like, "Oh, this is such a good opportunity mm-hmm. for me to keep growing and evolving as a human being."
1: Mm-hmm. I love that, and using those triggers as as ways to enlighten ourselves
0: exactly, is, and versus exactly. just
1: avoiding them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, when we're triggered like that, we it's our first thoughts sometimes are going to be unpleasant, you know, for sure. Like, oh, bad or. You know, I blah, 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 whatever your negative thoughts are are negative that we've talked about before, our mm-hmm. negative tapes to ourselves, and that's okay because. The, but then you can take it the next step further. Into that questioning process. Keep going. Keep going
0: until you get past that just negativity. Yes. Like, what is underneath that? Where is the opportunity to see the light, to help continue that evolution towards the light?
1: Yes. Shining that light on those feelings and, like, Mm -hmm. okay, these are strong feelings. Where are they coming from? And they usually have a source. They can go back and it can go be like, well, it was my dad told me that I couldn't have the ice cream or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Like there's these (laughs) weird things that we learn early on. And then we get attached to them Mm -hmm. and we attach shame or, you know, all our, I'm unlovable. Our glasses Mm -hmm. are attached to them. We immediately throw our glasses on and then we're like, that's it. Mm -hmm. I knew it. Mm -hmm. Got my glasses on. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm not accepted.
0: Um, And I I think that there's also, um, uh, I I mentioned this briefly in in last week's podcast about um, the mother-daughter interview um, how I was in that in that meeting, um, in that board meeting about um, pursue your passion, and so I'm I'm a I'm a graduate from the School of Business at the University of Montana, and I don't know I just my education I it was it was hard for me to figure out okay like it. I just never really felt like it was my my place or my thing. And so it was really interesting because I also talked really honestly about how I can kind of lose my footing when I'm not in an environment that feels totally safe and secure to me. And that's something I'm working on and I want to keep working on. But it was interesting to then have this meeting in the business school Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a trigger in it was and of tr- itself. It was a trigger. Good. And I'm trying to process why I came home and felt, like, so um almost embarrassed of the comments that sort I contributed. Unworthy. Or, yeah. Or just maybe not unworthy, but, like, not the right fit. mm Mm-hmm. And, um, around peg in a square hole, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I did kind of feel like that being in the business school and being around these, you know, just like, I felt like women who were like, you know, hype in academia or like just much more successful business women than myself. And just talking about, um, you know, I hold, I hold a belief that, you know, every human being wants to feel connected, wants to be seen and heard. And, and, and that that is kind of the purpose of, of life that we're, we're here to connect and we want, we want to be seen, we want to be felt. And then I was sitting in that room being like, Uh -uh. okay, but is, is, is that true? Like, or do some people want to just, you know, So then when I'm thinking about business and like, you know, what, what kind of curriculum or what we would, what we would want to like instill in these people who are going through this program, I'm like, yes, we want them to feel like they're seen and heard, but I'm like, maybe that's not actually what everybody wants. Maybe some people just want to make a really successful business, you know, maybe some people just want to, you you know, and so it's so important What I learned in that situation is it's so important to still continue to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. Because I feel like when we only are around other like-minded people or when we get stuck in our own industry or our own, you know, church groups or our own, you know, friend groups where everybody is just confirming our own belief system Mm -hmm. over and over and over, uh, we can get lazy with the work. Mm -hmm. And so for me, putting putting myself in that situation where I was like, I either truly believe this stuff and I can stand my ground and I can, I can, I can, I can can stay strong in my belief system, even when I'm surrounded by people who may have a different belief system and I can recognize that my viewpoint is going to add value to the well-roundedness of this situation. That's a much more difficult situation for me than when I'm just surrounded by everybody who agrees with me all the time. And so I, uh, I was also just, it was such a good reminder last week, keep doing the work. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's so easy to just sit here with you and me and be like, yeah, "Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, This This is what people want. This is what, you know, Mm -hmm. and so continuing to, uh, go to those places that may feel uncomfortable and then really analyzing and, and sitting with, how does that feel? hmm Oh, yeah. It was, such a good, it was such a good lesson for me.
1: Can you stay convicted to your beliefs? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? like, Or is it like, well, maybe not here. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's such an interesting test of...
0: It's a, such a test. You know? And one of the things I've talked about a lot on, on this podcast is that I don't want a belief system that is conditional.
1: No. And I love... What I love about ULA is... Because it's always sort of con- conflicting, conflictual. It's always
0: conflicting. <laughs> because it's, it's like we're in the fitness
1: industry, sort of. <laughs> but we're also in sort of the mental health and mind-body in- industry, which I right. think are connected. Like, I don't know why we have to keep everything separate. But, you know, in the fitness industry, they're like, well, don't do not do stuff like that, that. That looks very emotional or mm-hmm. kind of like healing work of some type.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: yeah, but isn't fitness about that? Like, Not just physical fitness, but mental fitness. So I find it interesting Like even with business, it's like, of course people all want to be connected. Mm -hmm. But of course we don't teach that all the time throughout all our different studies or academics mm-hmm. you know it's not mm-hmm. like but ultimately the purpose of this life is if you ask people at the end of their lives it's always about relationship always about relationship oh it's not about like and then i made that million dollars after i sold that giant boat that i designed which is like <laughs> yeah but you know even even in that process i designed this like oh one of my dad's friends invented the pacemaker oh wow so he eventually moved to hawaii and retired But he became very spiritual because he got connected to the heart Mm -hmm. by inventing the pacemaker. So he started out as this very clear, sort of linear scientist. Mm -hmm. And at the end of his life, he was sort of this spiritual healer.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But he let that pacemaker concept of sustaining a heart Mm -hmm. take him to the idea of like, oh, the purpose of the heart. Mm -hmm. And what is the heart to the body? And then what is the heart to the soul? Yeah. And then what is the heart to a state and to a people? Mm. And then what is the heart to a nation and to a world? So it was like a very interesting movement. He could have easily just stayed in, Yeah.
0: I make pacemakers. And I killed it, and now I'm going to rest in my right laurels. But he
1: kept pushing and pushing and pushing towards that spiritual plane, too. Mm-hmm. And doing the work. So he sort of understood his work better, mm-hmm. too. Like, right. this is how I invented This is why I was curious about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. On top of it. Yeah. So... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I also, uh, you know, I think I've talked about this in the last couple of podcasts because this is the stuff on my mind right now, but I consider myself an artist way more than I consider myself a business owner. And I think part of the job of art is to help you see things in a different perspective. Yes. And so I can't then get on shaky ground when I go to a meeting oh, that is point. more business-based and feel like, Ah, I am totally the wacko person in the room. Well, that's the point of art. Yeah, that's
1: the point of art. That's
0: why we have art. That's why we have art. That's why art. we have to teach art in school still. You know do, what I mean? Yeah. Do, do You probably don't watch this. Do you watch uh, Chef's Table? No. I figured you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, But for some of those out, some some of those of you out there. Um, chef's table, such a cool, beautiful cinematography. Um, it's a show on Netflix and Rob and I were watching an episode last night from a chef in Brazil and he was, Brazil, and he, um, basically went to Europe and he was, he was, um, he was cooking over there, but he came back and he started, um. He was cooking in a French kitchen in Sao Paulo and just kind of realized like, no, I need to be cooking. I need to be cooking Brazilian food. I need to show the world. I need to show Brazilians. I need to show the elite class that like Brazilian food is, is amazing. Delicious. And, and so at the beginning, like he said, he had really, really difficult years. Nobody would come to his restaurant um like the the people who could afford to go out to eat they didn't believe that like brazilian food was um you know it, they just thought was it was peasant the food yeah. they are like we must be eating italian and french cuisine um and and then he just now he's like the one of the top chefs in the world like definitely the most well known Bra- brazilian chef and he um he was saying like Um, he was talking about his philosophy about how life is like a circle and you see it in nature everywhere. You know, the, the, the seed is a circle and then it grows and it turns into, uh, you know, you just watch all these circles, the flower, and then the flower wilts and it goes, you know, drops the seed and and the cycle just, just continues over and over and over. And he, and he said, you know, life, this one tiny little beautiful, moment that we have is just it's the flower mm. and everything else is just this this circular circular cyclical C- cyclical. cyclical circular <laughs> <laughs> process that repeats that repeats itself and he's just super connected to nature and the products from the amazon and just um just this all the work he does is very very circular and and i was just thinking gosh it's just so beautiful like if, if you guys are in, interested in food but also just creativity and art so many of the best chefs in the world they're artists oh, i mean yeah. that's what that's they do they're artists and he said i can't remember the beginning of of what his like something about the luxury of being a human or something is um or like i wish i i wish i just took a screenshot of the of the computer but it said the human capacity to to transform something into emotions. And that's what he's trying to do with his his cooking is to transform something into emotions. And that's what I feel like, you know, a lot of the work that you and I do, Mm -hmm. creativity – Oh, my gosh.
1: Creatively. Okay. Creatively.
0: Okay. Natively wow. creatively. Can I blame this on the baby? I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like so much of what we're trying to do creatively is to take something. Yes. And and, and turn it into an emotion that, that can be so felt. so well said. And he was just this beautiful man. And I just like, gosh. You guys have to watch this show. I mean, the entire thing is just a work of art, every single episode. Oh, wow. And I thought, yeah, like, every, 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 it's it just, I don't know, it just made me feel this in, in, immense appreciation. Appre-
1: appreciation.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> a PCA. Apesiotomy. <laughs> a, a oh, I'm sorry. I'm That's so- coming so- in I'm three coming days. I'm three days. That's right.
0: Sorry. Um, But this immense appreciation for for life and for the cyclical nature of life, the lightness, the darkness, the joy, the pain, just the art, the artistry of life and living. And how beautiful are our lessons? How beautiful when we F up and what we learn from it and, and, and the resiliency to start over and to grow. It just is so beautiful when you step back from it. Oh, yeah. And And just just, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah,
1: and that's why getting back to the workers among workers in ULA, you know, we we've we've had Kaylee and I have had this talk many times about you know you're going to have instructors that are going to be so inspiring or so, and you're going to want to put them on the pedestal or whatever it is. But we want to be clear that part of our philosophy is we are always workers among workers. Absolutely, we always understand the cyclical nature of life. That we understand that. We're all at different points in our lives. Sometimes we all mm-hmm. are. Our strength. We are very feeling strong. We're feeling very strong. <laughs>
0: feeling very strong. Very good at talking today
1: too. Feeling very weak. Feeling very strong. Very good talkers. But that we, we really want. <laughs> we really, we really, really want to. <laughs> we really want to drive home that we are workers among workers, and your instructors, or so your instructors, are workers among workers. They are not people who put on. People pedestal. to
0: be put on pedestals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, and <laughs> I love that. People to be put on pedestals. <laughs> <It's> so many. Peter Piper's <laughs> so, so many bees. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and one question I know we've said this before on this podcast. We're getting very redundant because I've said that phrase about sixteen <laughs> times today. But. One question that I try to always ask myself and that I encourage the other people in leadership roles within ULA to um, ask themselves too is, who is this empowering? Is this empowering me or is it empowering them? Mm. And so all of our choices are in our decisions and the words that we speak and the playlists we put together and, and you know how we open and close our classes and how we connect with our participants, who is this, who is this empowering? Is it empowering me? Because if it is, I probably need to stop and figure out why I feel the need to be empowered that yep. way. Mm-hmm. Or is it empowering them? And that's what we ultimately want. That is what we want. is yes. to empower our participants or our, you know, our, our fellow fellow workers.
1: Yeah, we're workers among workers. Mm-hmm.
0: And what an honor.
1: Oh my God, it's a huge honor. And again, to get back to the other thing that you talked about was connection. We Mm -hmm. all want to feel connected. Yeah. At least to one person.
0: But I'm so fascinated now. How can I add value to this project if that is my belief system? And that's something that in ULA we really, really, really strive for is just to feel this sense of connection. Yes. to, to, To encourage people to show up as they are, to be seen, heard, felt. How do we translate Recognize. that into here the, I
1: am and you're like, I see you. How
0: do we translate that into the, the capitalistic, you know, world, this this the business world? Like, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I guess, my role and how I can add value to this project. Right, good point. You know, because I just when I was a student at the business school, I don't want to offend anyone who's related to the business school if there is anyone out there, but I just I don't know, I felt I did not feel inspired. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is always thread that the humanness and thread the mission and, and I don't know the, the thing that is much more important to me than just the capitalistic side of, of running a business, the capitalistic side of, of, you know, just being in this world.
1: Well, even if we go back to the pacemaker fellow. Yeah. Like, here's someone who obviously ruled the capitalistic world sure. by inventing the pacemaker. Yeah. But how he understood that it was a deeper quest than just ruling the capitalistic world for him and his life. So how do you instill that in people that, you know, your quest is, is many, many things. You uh-huh. know, maybe it's to reach the capitalistic world mountain, but also as you're doing it, how do you grow your spirituality and how do you do your work and how do you infuse that in your product
0: and how do you infuse it in your team and And in your team because it's
1: real. That's a very good point, Kaylee, because you, if that's what you want to infuse, you have to infuse that and that there's research that shows that people, if people understand the deeper meaning of what they're selling, they will, they will sell it. They will understand it.
0: Yeah. And I think that is the shift that needs to happen in this world to make things more sustainable and more heart based and mission driven. And I don't think that they have to be mutually exclusive of either like very successful financially, like go, go, go. Forward momentum and also expansive, heart opening, um, inclusive, connective—all of those things. I think that's where we need to go with businesses, in order to to make the change that this world needs. And so it's it's just interesting. I just love that I was put in that position yes, last I week that, that made me feel so uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Who who am I? What am I a weirdo? Yeah right. (laughs) Yeah right. What's the matter with me? What's the matter with me? Like you know, it's easy to say this stuff out loud to people who agree with me, but then it feels a lot harder when I say that and people, you know, either look at me like I'm crazy or you know have a a response back at me that is very different than what I believe. And that's why I think it's so important that we keep those conversations going. And I'm not the best at this. Like I usually put myself in really comfortable. Positions. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's why, yeah, like talk to somebody who has a different religion than you. Talk to somebody who has a different background, political viewpoint. Engage in like honest conversation and figure out, like, whoa.
1: Yeah. And then you said, Better
0: idea. Do I have conviction in my beliefs? Right, right? Exactly. Or is there room for me to grow and evolve in my perspective and my viewpoint and mm-hmm. my, my belief system? Kind of always pushing ourselves. Keep doing the
1: work. Keep doing the work because we are workers among workers.
0: Isn't she so good about just rounding back to that <laughs> every few minutes? <laughs> so good workers at it. Workers among workers. Workers among workers. Because. Yeah, may we all continue to be workers among workers. No matter no matter how much you've got figured out, I feel like we all continue to benefit when we all continue to do the work.
1: Yes, I, to- I completely agree. And we we feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Right. And that's what we want to know sometimes. Is it is it just me? Is this just my little life and then it's the end, it's the end?
0: Yeah, and uh, unfortunately my life, whenever I seem to stop doing the work, I get a really, really big opportunity to go back to the work. Something big usually happens in my life where it's like, Oh, you kind of forgot that you're here to work. So guess what? (laughs) Fail. Now what do you now? now Figure this out. Like, gotta keep working, Kaylee. That's a good point. Which I appreciate. You know, I feel like life doesn't usually let me just sit back and stop. Stop doing the work.
1: Well, and a lot of us aren't open to those cosmic nudgings. Too. Sometimes we're like, whatever. You know, I didn't really feel it. But if we stay open and we listen, and we're like, oh, what was that? Mm. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I was kind of on this one path for a little bit. I Got a little bit
0: lazy. Got a little bit
1: lazy. A little complacent. Got a little selfish, maybe. Selfish,
0: yeah. Exactly. Self
1: focused. Uh-huh. You know, totally. those things that we
0: do sometimes. Totally. And it's yeah. like wake up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stay. You're awake. not the only one. We have a song right now we're dancing to, and it says it feels like you're the you're the one that's only who's only had your heart broken or mm. something. And mm-hmm. it's I listen, that's funny because of course we always feel like it's just me.
0: Poor me. My heart was broke. Poor me. But then suddenly I read,
1: I read, I sing those lines, and I'm like. Of oh, yeah, course. Everybody. And I look around the room. like right? dealing with something. I'm like, just my heart broke, right? And they're all laughed. They're like, no, my heart too.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I love that.
1: Love that.
0: Um, Thanks for listening. So a couple of things, as um, the people who are better at marketing than, we, than are, we are tell us to do. Please go onto iTunes and rate this podcast. If you even want to go the extra mile and write a review, that would be amazing. we
1: love that.
0: Um. Every single week now, we are going to be um, making a new thread on our website uh, for each podcast topic. So I'm going to go in there and um, and make a thread, and everyone can comment in there. I'm going to share it on Facebook so you guys can find it easily. But thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for, um, for working right alongside us. We yes, love you.
1: We appreciate you all out there.
0: Yeah. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.